I'm Reverend Harry Bridge. And I'm Dr. Scott Mitchell, and this is the Dharma Realm Podcast. We're coming to you from the Jodo Shinshu Center in Berkeley, California. podcast for December 30th, 2016, and today we're talking about race. So um, I'm supposed to talk about something we're not supposed to talk about? Oh yeah, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> or that nobody wants to talk about. Yeah, so uh, last episode we were talking about um, baggage, cultural baggage, uh, and Buddhism, and culture versus religion, and, and all that kind of stuff. And um, I think that inevitably this stuff is definitely tied up with issues of race, and um, I'm jokingly saying no one wants to talk about it because I feel as though um, that people really don't like talking about race in the United States, mm-hmm. um, or even if they do like talking about it, they're extraordinarily bad about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a complicated, um, emotionally fraught issue, mm-hmm. um, and I think it has a particular resonance within our community mm-hmm. in a very specific way that might be similar to or related to, but different from other cultural contexts. Um, but I, let's talk about it. Okay, go. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the interesting things is um, last time, um, you know, you talked about me having Japanese-American heritage, I think. And I was wrong. Right? And um, Well, yes and no. I mean, it's like... I will head, hang my head in shame. My mom was from Japan, but she became an American citizen before I was, before I was born. And I was born in Japan, but moved to America when I was one. So in a sense, I was part Japanese American, but Japanese American has, to me, has certain connotations of Japanese that came to America in the first half of the 20th century, late 19th and early half of the 20th century. And then the ones that came after World War II are called Shin Issei. So they're kind of included, mm-hmm. right? That they're the new first generation that came after the war. But then after that, it's like anyone else, myself included, I don't feel part of that. Like that wasn't my cult. Japanese American, quote unquote, Japanese American culture to me um, is something that I wasn't exposed to until I moved out here to study Buddhism. Um, so, you know, I think we have to be um, not careful, but aware of like the different nuances of the words that we use and the, the culture, you know, the different cultures that we talk about. But I would rather you have said that than not say anything at all and just be afraid to talk about it and afraid to mention it and afraid to make a mistake. Right. I think that's part of the problem is um, on one side, it seems like we're kind of um, and myself included. I'm, I hate asking people questions because I'm afraid I'm going to say the wrong thing or make a fool of myself. Right. But if you don't engage and part of the problem is because we make fun of people that say stupid things, <laughs> <laughs> myself included. Right. That like, you know, the plenty of stuff on the Internet or whatever of look what this person said. They said, blah, blah, blah. And it's so offensive. What an idiot. How could you possibly think of saying something like that? Um, And there's a certain amount of truth to that. But at the same time, it's because they don't know. And then you get afraid to do anything and then you don't. Yeah. 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 Um, So I think that's good for me for being a a jerk. I'm glad you said it. Not me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) In. In. Not my defense, because this is not a right. whatever. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, I, no. I think that I, I'm more obviously more comfortable making mistakes in front of you than I would be, you know, like 
you know, if I go to a community and I, you know, I'm the same way. Like I don't, I'm very careful about what I say and I don't want to ask questions because I don't want to make a fool of myself or whatever. Um, I can be a fool in front of you because. Right. Because we've known each other a long time or yeah. friends or whatever. Yeah. I think the important thing is. If you make a mistake, be willing to listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what ha- the, yeah. the problem is when someone makes a mistake and they get called out on it. They're like, whoa, whoa, that's not what I meant. Yeah. Oh, I, what I meant was, and they start. <clears throat> trying to defend themselves. Mansplaining or whitesplaining. Nice, or use of those terms. Whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's one way of the, the kind of a new terminology around this kind of like backtracking. Whoa, 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 I meant this and you don't understand what I meant. And I, I didn't mean to offend you because that's not, you know. Because I have a black friend. Right. So I know. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever. Right. Just, it's better to... to Be like, oh, didn't mean that. Engage. Totally sorry. Or just listen. Like, let me know. Tell me yeah, what yeah. I can do. What right. did I say wrong? Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, but we don't have enough opportunities for that in a way, too. To, to oh, I think we have plenty of opportunities. We just not take them. Yeah, but I mean, in everyday society, you yeah, don't go up to that person down, at the yeah, yeah. convenience store and be like, where are you from? What culture are you from? What's your ethnicity? Oh, I didn't mean nationality. I meant ethnicity. I meant blah, blah, blah. And I, didn't I bet lots of people do that all the time. Yeah. Well. <laughs> and, and really poorly. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. And that's the thing, right? I think that yeah. it's hard. Part, it's part hard. of the, the. So I got a couple things to say. Okay. <laughs> The first thing I want to say I is I just that, wanted to get you started. Yeah, yeah, be yeah. Quiet you get me up, and then I'll just start rambling, and then you'll, <laughs> I'll say something really dumb, and you'll put it on the internet, and then I'll get hate mail. That's great. That's a good trajectory for this conversation. So, <laughs> so a while ago, I, I was um, I I don't know some rabbit hole on the internet. I found some blog post, and I, I will do my best to find it so I can post it. Otherwise, um, this is all you get. Um, but basically, it was a cultural anthropologist who um, went to an amusement park in Pennsylvania. I want to say it was like. Hershey land or something. It was like a, an amusement park owned by the Hershey corporation. So the kind of amusement park that's like, um, uh, more affordable, not like a Disneyland or, you know, a six flags or something, but like a sort of more affordable, um, the kind of place where working class people go on a you know hot Sunday afternoon to take their families. And the, um, person who wrote the blog post was like, it was really sort of interesting being here because it's an interesting cross section of working class American culture and working class culture is really um, uh, diverse, right? Mm-hmm. Like lots of people fall into the socioeconomic bracket, uh, regardless of race or ethnicity mm-hmm. or religion or whatever else. And so when you go to a public place like this, you see white folks and black folks and Asian folks and Muslims and Christians all sort of interacting and mingling around a sort of shared experience of a hot day and long lines and And chocolate and chocolate and bad greasy food and kids being jerks and whatever, like sort of having a shared sort of normal, you know, American kind of experience, which is sort of interesting to see. And then part of the post was just sort of saying that it seems like things are really bad right now. It seems mm. like people are angry and pissed mm. off and they are, and they should be. There's a lot to be, um, to be mad about. There's a lot of injustice going on. Um, the black lives matter movement, all of these things are, 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 um, we should really be talking about them. But at the same time, they noted that, um, one of the reasons why we're able to talk about it so much is because our expectations are higher and that's kind of a good thing, right? Like you think about a hundred years ago, if you tried to speak out against racial injustice, you were probably going to get killed, literally, right? There was not a space in which you as uh, an activist, regardless of your background, could come out and say, oh, that's, that's wrong. You shouldn't be doing that because 
there was so much larger cultural expectations for whatever was wrong actually being right that trying to speak out against that was just just you wouldn't have the space to do that. But now we're in a space where actually, you know, the expectations are that you shouldn't be sexist, you shouldn't be racist, you shouldn't be homophobic. Um, and so when people act out or express those things, it's much easier to actually criticize them and be like, you know, no, you shouldn't be doing that. Mm-hmm. We don't accept that. We don't tolerate that anymore. And the fact that we're able to do that on the one hand feels bad because it's like we're always arguing and fighting right. with each other. But on fighting the other hand, these sexist, racist people around us. Yeah. But on the other hand, like the fact that there are so many opportunities for us to tell people that, <laughs> that we can sort of express that um, is actually sort of a sign of a good thing. So it was sort of an mm-hmm. interesting perspective of how like culture has changed. So that's sort right. of a, it was sort of a, um, a mixed bag kind of article, right? right? right it was right. like, yeah. But that's reality. Yeah. <laughs> the reality is a mixed bag. What? It's not always good or bad. Oh, no. I mean. <laughs> Mind blown. <laughs> you still hear people saying, um, oh, you're being too sensitive. Or, yeah. oh, this, that's, that's so PC. I'm so sick of people being PC and not being able to say what they feel and blah, blah, blah. Right? And so that's kind of the flip side to me is yeah. that, like, we're able to express. I didn't say things were perfect. Man. Right. Oh, yeah. No, you said it was a mixed bag, and I'm agreeing 100%. Um, I'm just trying to be positive, <laughs> especially right? if we're releasing this after a particular date in November. Yeah. And things are horrible. <laughs> um, I mean, I really wonder. I watched. Like, well, never mind. I was going to say I watched people like Conan or whatever Conan O'Brien um, mocking Trump and like, what if he wins? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like life could become difficult for those people. You're mm-hmm. not going to be able to say stuff the way you can say stuff now. We're in this strange culture where you can almost say anything. Yeah. Right. Well, you hopefully, can, I mean, you know, even a worst case scenario, hopefully the people who feel like they can't say anything will say things that will be more important than. Right. It'll right, be right. more important to speak out. Right, 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 right. In the face of oppression. It won't just be entertainment and laughs. Yeah, it'll, it'll be, be like um, yeah, saving. We have to build saving, momentum against this. Saving Western yeah. civilization yeah. <laughs> as we know it. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, to change gears, uh, to go back to what, what we're thought we would talk about. Um, <laughs> the other thing that I wanted to say was... Um, we start. I, I started off, or one of us started off talking about race, and then we sort of got into this issue of um, um, Japanese Americanness mm-hmm. you were talking about, right? And mm-hmm. and I feel like I think we should sort of backtrack for a second, and and I want to be clear about um, what I think. Some people like to make a distinction between race and ethnicity, mm-hmm. um, and I think you can make a mm-hmm. distinction between race, race and ethnicity. But I'm of the opinion, and this is purely an opinion um, that race and ethnicity sort of function linguistically or socially in the same way in that they don't point to any sort of essential essence of identity, but Mm. rather to the sort of social construction or social performance of Mm. identity behavior, so to speak. So we Mm. sort of create these categories, these racial categories, right? And, and, and by, and by the sort of social construction, I mean like, like sometimes literal legal construction, right? Like when you get your census Mm -hmm. in a couple of years, Mm -hmm. there's going to be boxes for race and there's going to be boxes for ethnicity. Whoa, cool. There was in 10 in 2010. Maybe I didn't fill it out. You should have filled it out, man. I didn't notice. So the U.S. Census Bureau has created categories of race, and it has also created categories of ethnicity, hmm. right? And so it treats them what separately. What are the ethnicity categories? Hispanic or non-Hispanic. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. Right? Hmm. Whereas African-American or white is a race. 
right? And, and so mm-hmm. I think it's sort of worth sort of unpacking that and to think about, well, wh- why, why is one of those an ethnicity and the other one a race, yeah. right? Um, and I think this is relevant both to Hispanic culture or Latino cultures as well as Asian American cultures, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Asian is sort of treated as like a race, right? right? But, but then there's there like the ethnicity of Japanese and Japanese American, mm-hmm. right? And why is that different from race and how is that different, right? And I think that what I, what I mean here is, is that I think 200 years ago, race was primarily um, considered to be a biological thing, right. right? People believe there was a biological difference between mongoloid races and African races and Caucasian races, right? It was like they presumed there was a biological difference, you know. Science has shown us that there is no difference. <laughs> um, there are physical differences. Yes, but they're not. Um, the connection between those physical differences is not is sometimes literally only skin deep, right? So right. you know, there's that issue. But also, mm-hmm. the connection between those differences and culture mm-hmm. is also rather arbitrary. So there's mm-hmm. the the sense of the sort of the arbitrariness of social categories. That's why Tom Cruise can be the last samurai. <laughs> There ought to be like a rule where at least once in every episode, I'm like on some tangent and Harry just, Harry just comes in and is like, boom. And I'm like, what the, what? <laughs> I know, I know. Tom Cruise you- wasn't the last samurai in the movie. <laughs> Ken Watanabe was the last samurai, but it was all about Tom it Cruise. It was the right savior problem, which is a whole other racist. Without Tom Cruise, it wouldn't happen. <laughs> As in so many other things. As in so many other things, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What was I talking about? I don't know. All right. <laughs> no, race and ethnicity. Man, I was on something really good there. <laughs> you can wind it back and listen. We're not going to wind it back and listen. We're just going to keep going. <laughs> I can't believe people listen to us. Anyway... All yeah, race and ethnicity is fascinating <laughs> to me. Um. Oh, so so this is what this is where I was going. So okay. there was there was a Supreme Court case in the early 20th century. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a Japanese immigrant who um, uh, lived in the United States for like 20 years, and in like 100 years ago, like around 1915 or whatever, he sued the U.S. government and he wanted to become a U.S. citizen. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, U.S. law said that the only people who could be U.S. citizens were, quote-unquote, free whites and um, uh, people of African descent. Mm-hmm. And the reason why people of African descent were allowed to be um, citizens was because of the 14th Amendment and um, the freeing of the slaves and how they were considered to be natural, natural-born citizens, et cetera. So this Japanese immigrant sued the U.S. government because he wanted to become a citizen, um, his logic for become, wanting to become a citizen wasn't because, you know, why wouldn't anybody be able to become a citizen in the United States? Mm-hmm. He, he instead used the logic that Japanese people should be included in the category of white. Oh. When was this that he said that? Right around 1920. 1920. Okay, perfect timing. Yeah. So guess, guess who won? He didn't win. He didn't win. <laughs> U.S. government or whoever we... U.S. government won, right. And, and what they basically said was that um, Japanese and Asians more generally were a quote-unquote unassimilable race. So they created a racial category of Asians and mm-hmm. said that Asians are different from white. Mm-hmm. Now, I think this is a sort of interesting story for a lot of reasons, one of which is because we sort of you know, automatically like 
you know, you first come into contact with this and you're like, how weird would it be that to just sort of include another ethnic group into the category of white as if whiteness is sort of like a fixed category, right? As right. if we sort of right. know who automatically is included in that. And that's just not true. Were Irish people able to be citizens? No. <laughs> Irish people only began to, began to become citizens in the run-up to um, the Civil War because there was an inherent conflict in the racial dynamics of this country where it was like we... You know, Irish people used to be slaves too, right? But we stopped enslaving Irish people because they were too white, you know, in the sort of abstract. And, you know, a racial hierarchy was constructed between white people and black people, and only black people could be slaves. Therefore, white people, uh, Irish had to be included in the white people category because mm -hmm. they were more white, even though in Europe, I mean, the Irish were considered, you know, definitely second class citizens in England. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, and, and it wasn't just the Irish, it was also Southern Europeans, Italian. Eastern Europeans, Italian, yeah, and so on. So it's like the uh, the boundaries around whiteness have expanded, have it's changed. changed. Yeah, yeah. There's no fixed category there. It's, it's when I say arbitrary, that's what I mean. It's something that's sort of historically and socially constructed over time. Mm -hmm. And so you think back 100 years, of course, someone is going to be like, well, you know, you let the Irish be white. Why can't we be white? We're not mm -hmm. black. You know, we're not African. Mm -hmm. Why can't we be white? Mm -hmm. And the Supreme Court's like, yeah, no, you can be white. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then that further... You're mongoloid. Yeah, that further solidified whiteness as a particular racial mm -hmm. category over and against other racial categories. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But so much of this is also related to culture, and I think that most people think that ethnicity has to do with culture. Right. That's always been my understanding, yeah. that race is more biological and um, ethnicity is more culture. Yeah, right. But it's not. Well, it might be, but I mean, again, like... But those are always shifting. And it's arbitrary, right? Yeah. Like, we have sort of drawn a border around certain parts of Europe, and, you know, I mean, Europe in and of itself, like, like it's, like, it's not right. like Europe is an island. Right. right. <laughs> and Europe is a lot more complex than just... Yeah. Um, Right. So we've sort England, of drawn a France border around Germany. them, right, and said, okay, white people are from Europe, and we're going to arbitrarily say, okay, you get to the Ural Mountains in Russia, and that's it. Right. But then again, the rest of Russia is also white, even though probably mm -hmm. culturally it has more in common with Central Asia. Mm -hmm. Yet those people are Asian, right? So it's like, again, these are sort of arbitrary categories we've come up with. And so the, the question about culture is interesting, and one of the reasons I bring this up is because of this question about Itadakimasu that you brought up in the last episode. Mm -hmm. Like one of the things about culture is, is that people can participate in cultural practices, mm -hmm. even if they're not of that culture. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and I think mm -hmm, that some mm -hmm, people, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to, I'm going to bracket the issue of cultural appropriation, which is a real issue that we should mm -hmm. talk about and that we should be sensitive to and not just sort of gloss over. I'm going to bracket it for the, the purpose of this conversation to just sort of point out that there are certainly some people who are like, oh, well, if you're not, if you weren't born and raised in a Japanese culture, you can't really understand something like itadakimasu. Mm -hmm. But I think that I could say itadakimasu and understand what it means, right? And, and you could be born in the culture and not understand what it means. Exactly. Most people don't. Right. So it sort of raises those questions of like, well, right. does it make sense to say that ethnically speaking, you can only understand something if you're born and raised into it, even if you don't actually understand it, whereas somebody coming from outside of it can participate in that and understand it in a different way, right? So this is where the pro this is where culture becomes really problematic because we want ethnicity and culture to be sort of a bounded category with fixed boundaries. And I think that a lot of the discourses that we have about race and ethnicity are really about boundary protection. Oh, they're really about boundary maintenance and saying this is the in group and this is the out group. Hmm. 
this is us versus them kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes for very good reason. Mm -hmm. I want to be clear about that. Sometimes I think cultures and communities need to have a protected mm -hmm. sort of... Because it can be appropriated and taken away from them. And, or taken advantage right, of yeah. or abused yeah. or in one way or another. Yeah. Um, but I always... I'm this, And this is why conversations about the the border between religion and culture, particularly in American Buddhist context, becomes really problematic for me because it's like, well, if you're saying there's a real Buddhism, a true Buddhism, then you're making a boundary, mm -hmm. right? You're saying this is true Buddhism and this ethnic cultural yeah. stuff is not. And we have the true. And we have yeah. the true stuff and you don't. And I'm always, I just want to be, like, whenever I see that, I'm like, okay, who's making the boundary? Right, right, right. Under, and it's not only. Under what authority and what are the consequences of that? It's not only American Buddhism that does that. Each Buddhist school does that yeah. to a certain extent yeah. um, or has a tendency within. And, yeah, yeah. That was some heavy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I got back to it even after your weird Tom Cruise comment. <laughs> When we talk about Tom Cruise now, I can okay. go off on that guy too. Go, go, go. <laughs> the white savior complex, totally problematic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, um, you know, I've been watching episodes of Kung Fu. Oh, oh yeah, another. I another. never watched that as a kid, even though I think I could have. I think my neighbor did, and just for some, whatever reason, I never watched it. Um, and so, for the first time, I'm watching, and it's interesting because it's about a half Asian person. But it's not played by a half Asian person. It couldn't be played by a half Asian person because originally maybe Bruce Lee was considered to. I don't know if that's real oh, or not. Yeah, but he's not half that. Asian either, yeah, right? Yeah. So whether they had a Asian person or a white person play it, it's not a half Asian person, right? Um, but it's a pretty cool show. <laughs> I kind of like it. I love the Western aspect. I mean, it makes sense. It's what a great idea. You don't have to redo any sets. Because all you have to do is use the same sets you're using for all the westerns that you've been doing for the past 20 years, right? And westerns were a normal genre in American TV. And that's what they used in the Star Trek stuff, too. So Star Trek is like... They were, they were just lazy, what you're saying. Cheap. And cheap. <laughs> lazy and cheap. Ah, um, I can't get behind that. The cheap is the Invest some money, man. Not so much cheap, but um, <laughs> how expensive it was to create brand new sets for a show. Right, but this kung fu is perfect. Invest, man. Just invest in the show. Come on. Well, Lucille Ball is the one to complain to. Jeez, they're Desi Lu is the, the company, right? <laughs> so I've been enjoying it. Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting, you know. Um, and and you know, Carradine. What was and his first name? David Carradine. Yeah. David Carradine. And he's deep. Cool. And yeah, and but he does a good job. But he does deeply problematic. Job. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm being. The academic snobs. So. Again, um, that was the 70s. It's still happening now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like there's still um, like the um, Kubo and the Two Strings um, is this recent quote-unquote anime, right? This animated film. And it's supposedly about kind of Obon story. Oh, really? Yeah. It's oh. like Obon. It's, um, I got to see that. Kind of Asian story. Even though it's totally problematic. Well, yeah. It's like you look at George Takei's The Token Asian yeah, yeah, yeah. They have they a couple, even, a few token Asian people on there, and everyone gets, else uh, is... Watanabe in there? I don't think so. Come on, that's um, easy. He's in everything. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's problematic. Yeah, no, I totally like, saw that. great, you're telling the story of yeah, Obon, yeah. but should white people be telling the story of Obon? Yeah. Or are there, were there no Japanese people that could tell this story? Have there been no stories been pitched? Um, there's a one, the other one is the um, story about the um, father who... Um, 
his wife dies or something, and he has a kid, so he's gonna he orders a mail order bride from the Philippines. Have you seen that? Oh, one? it's a new TV show coming gonna, out. Yeah, they, yeah. They, I think they dropped it, but it's Good. just kind of like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I actually, if, if anybody knows anything more about Kubo, I'd love to know more because this is one of those things that I, I find interesting about um, film and, and, mm-hmm. and movies and whatnot, like where they get these ideas and who the creators are. And um, I saw like the, the um, movie posters or whatever, Kubo, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, you know, white voice actor, white voice actor, George Takei, you know, whatever. And it's like, well, that's, that's problematic. I said white, non-Asian, maybe I should have said because yeah, yeah. I don't know if they're white. Yeah. But still, I also they're wonder not, about the production company who right. made the film and right. if they just happened to cast white actors and, and what the, the, the rationale for that was. Right. Like That's, I think, the thing to really to really Give it a at. bigger audience because people won't come here as Japanese which is, people. Which is totally problematic. I, you know, At the same time, I, I want to know more about the, the sort of larger context for that mm-hmm. and, and where that came from because... It would be kind of weird if uh, um, the show was pitched by white people who have no contact with uh, Japanese context at all. Yeah. And it came out after Obom. Where would they come from? It you came know, out like, in like September or something. Where would they get the idea August. from? Yeah. Also, um, apparently it's a stop motion animation. Right. right, right. It's a different, it's not the normal. Yeah. Computer animation. I just want to say because I saw a little like okay. making of Good. which looked awesome. <laughs> it looked really awesome. And yeah, it's I want to. I want right? to give the. You know, and you want to get behind it. I want to get a bit of a doubt. But if it's totally problem, you know, like the um, the Ghost in the Shell movie with uh, mm. Scarlett Johansson, which is just yeah, like oh, that's just come on. Yeah. We're, can we have let's have white people in blackface next? Come on, do it. Just do it. How come it's okay to be white and be playing an Asian character? Because you're not complaining enough, right? I gotta be. I gotta become Asian. Didn't you tell angry, me I should, Asian man? Didn't you tell me I should complain more or write something? Oh yeah, else? yeah, yeah. So this is your opportunity. <laughs> the angry man. half Asian man on the internet being like, <laughs> no more. But but you know, in all fairness, people are already doing that. So yeah. the angry Asian man, for example, <laughs> follow the angry Asian man. He knows what's what. 